You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Well, welcome to this episode of Uncensored. Brought to you by our friends at gumbroker.com. Nice. All right. Awkward silence, <laughs> number one. Is that We've it? been talking about so much stuff as we're getting these cameras hooked up, and now we're out of stuff to talk about. No, we're not out of stuff to talk about. No, there's plenty to transition talk about. into it here. Yeah, somebody's got to take us there. So, Dairy, Braden, mm-hmm. you went duck hunting. We Tell did. us about it. Yeah, we went to Ballard. Uh, which is where we went in December, uh, right? It was early mm-hmm. December. It was December. And then we did last year as well. Um, and this is this is our sixth. Uh, mm. We got our we had yeah. four hunts there, and we got two more um, on this trip. So it was a Thursday, Friday. We went down on a Wednesday. Which actually I hunted Wednesday morning before we that's left, right. too. Oh, yeah, you snuck out early. Yeah, I went and uh, hunted one of my private land spots that I got permission on for goose. Um I have a warhead in my mouth, so it's kind of hard to talk right now. A goose. A goose. Yeah. Um, Go and the snail. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, so I went and had a quick little goose hunt out there. Got two, which was nice. I uh, short one of my daily limit of goose, which um, I could have maybe tried to work out. I had a big group flying over me towards the end. I was a little afraid to fire a shot off into him in case I accidentally hit two. Didn't want to be over my limit. Did you all eat those on no. the trip? No. We got home. Well, long story short, <laughs> I got home a lot later than I was planning on. I got stuck in traffic for like an hour and a half, just standstill traffic on the interstate. Because you guys were going two different directions. Home. Yeah. I was. Well, I was coming from north of Louisville mm. and got caught in standstill traffic up there. So Braden and Bardo are just sitting at my house waiting for me to get home. Um, but my plan, which I did, we just had to make it much quicker, but I got the breast and the legs out of the geese, got the legs packaged up in the freezer and took the breast and bought them, got them in 
a brine or whatever, and they sat in the fridge the whole time we were gone because I'm making them into goose pastrami. Oh, yeah, you mm. told me that. Mm. Yep, mm. so. Did you um, check on it and make sure that you did put enough of that stuff in there? Oh, dude, I looked at that like four times on the drive down. I know, but sure. when you got home, did yeah, it I mean, look I don't, appropriately? We'll find out once I taste them. I'm still, I was a little, I was following the recipe, and I'm just, I'm afraid I got maybe the salt ratios off Is a this bit. Mike Larson's recipe? It's Mike Larson's recipe, which is also Hank Shaw's recipe, mm. but he tweaks it a little bit. Mm. Um, so anyways, they sat in the fridge and Brian the whole time we were duck hunting in Ballard. And then yesterday I took them out, washed them off and they've been in the fridge since dry aging, which is step two of the process. And then actually today, later this afternoon, I plan to throw them on the smoker. So, yeah, yeah. but yeah, so that is was, it, is there a temperature where it's too cold to smoke? Cause that's a low temperature endeavor, right? Mm. What do you, I don't... Like, is there an ambient air temperature where it's like, oh, it's not going to smoke appropriately because it's so cold out? I mean, I'm sure the ambient... just has to work harder. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Mm. I'm sure the ambient air temperature will have some effect on anything you're cooking, whether hot or cold, but, yeah, it's just the smoker has to work harder Mm. to get up to temperature now. What smoke are you running? No, just... What smoke? No, what smoker? Oh, that's... This one is my Grilla Grills. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a pellet smoker, yeah. Hmm. Um... But yeah, so that was Wednesday for me, and then we got back to the house, did all that really quickly, and got everything loaded up in Braden's truck, and then we headed west. Tell Paducah area. How'd mm-hmm. the truck do? Great. That's good, man. Till I was leaving his house I was house getting ready to say, did you get that part and figured then out? And I, longer story, but we, so after the trip, uh, I was home, and we were running errands with Sav, and I had a coffee, and she had a coffee, and I had one cup holder occupied. So she was holding hers, and I was driving, and then she put hers down, so I picked mine up, and I had to park and, like, make some big turns. So I was like, I'm going to set this down on the <laughs> console here. She'll, sw- she'll swap them, and she didn't, and I just turned, and that coffee just dumped all down into, like, my whole little console area down there. So I'm like, shoot, and in that whole process, I hit something on my dash, and so it thought I was towing something, and I couldn't get it to turn off. So I'm I'm driving home and you got to put it in park and turn it off to get it to turn off. So I get to a stoplight. There was a stop sign in my neighborhood and I was just like I'm going to go ahead and do it. Turn it off, whatever, go to turn it back on and it just stops. So I literally it would not turn on. So I had to literally push it down the hill. What? Um so like well, was it trying to turn over? Yeah, and then same had, thing kind of happened when, at his house. I it think worked a, the whole trip just fine. And yeah. then my house, that night when we got back, we get everything out of the truck and everything. Bardo gets his stuff loaded up in his truck, and Braden goes to leave and goes to turn his truck on, and it's struggling. Didn't, didn't you just get a new battery? No. No. New alternator, new solenoid, and mm. a bunch of other crap, but... Uh, yeah, anywho, it worked fine for the trip. It just almost didn't. (laughs) It would have been real bad that second day. You get you Uh, a taco. Yeah. Just move on. If they grow on trees. It might just be a battery (laughs) issue. It might just be a battery. I think it's a battery issue. Um, but yeah, so we got down there Wednesday night to the VRBO, um, got set up and woke up three something the next day, went to the check station and or actually we got dinner with Dane on the way down there. Yeah, Dane yeah. Myers. So we got down there later because I got to my house later <coughs> and we were planning on getting dinner with Dane Myers anyways. Shout out. He's on Go Wild. Shout out. Big big duck hunter waterfowl guy. He's become a pretty good friend of mine over these last few years, but me and him had never hunted before. And the way that Ballard works is one person draws, you can bring up to three guests. We usually take our buddy Quentin. Him and his wife just had a baby so they couldn't go. So like Tuesday, I guess it was, I was talking with Dane 
I was like, hey, man, if you're, because he's got a lot of places to hunt. He lives down there. He knows where the birds are. And I said, hey, man, just, you know, if you're interested, I know you have, probably have a lot of other better options and places you hunt, but if you're interested, like, we got a spot in the blind if you want to join us. And he was like, yeah, I might join you all on Thursday. So he did. Um, so we planned on getting supper with Dane Wednesday night. Still happened. We just went straight to supper as opposed to getting to Baduca first and getting settled in. I uh, had some really good pizza. We did have some good pizza. Good pizza, although I hadn't eaten all day at that point, so I'd have eaten anything and yeah. thought it was good. Yeah. Um, but had supper with him, and then, yeah, we met up with Dane that next morning at the check station and did the whole process of drawing your blind and everything. Um, Dane's very knowledgeable. Dane is a good waterfowl hunter, and so I was excited just to, A, finally be able to hunt with him, but also be able to learn from him. So I'm kind of, like, listening to his thought process on how he goes about picking a spot. And we were a little concerned because we kind of thought that the our number one blind that we wanted to pick, like everybody would be wanting it. And we ended up getting drawn second. Yeah. So that did help. But so the first group gets drawn, they come up and they say the spot they want. And we're like, okay, good, one that spot. And then they draw our number second. We're like, let's go pick that spot. And Had you hunted that one before? No. No. Um it was just with how, you know, where the sun's rising, the wind we had, everything like that. It was going to be a clear day. The way he was thinking was, you know, the sun's going to be hitting the spot directly. It's going to illuminate this, you know, flooded corn real well. So the ducks should be able to see our decoys out there real well. Um, and I, I think Dane's thinking was right. I mean, it's just kind of the same issue that we had when we went down in December. There's just no ducks. Dane said that that area picked up a lot of birds right before we got there and then right before we got there they all picked up and left mm. um should have been here yesterday yeah it was one of those deals um <clears throat> we always hear that when we go <laughs> crappie fishing you should have seen it yesterday dude. We all surfing all everything of <laughs> but i mean we 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 had some birds flying right before shooting light like they always do um kind of was thinking like this is going to shape up to be a pretty good hunt and then shooting light rolls around all the birds disappear um, like we had like five ducks on the water few minutes before shooting light we're just like sitting you just there. heard them like what the hell? No, we could no, see them see i yeah. mean because you're hunting kind of these open areas and it's not legal shooting and i mean it's still dark but you can see um yeah and they were just hanging out there and there's a bunch circling above and we we're like oh boy did dane like have a dog do. no um but then they went by we saw some but a lot of geese didn't really have a whole lot of duck activity um, so it ended up just being a good time hanging out in the blind talking until until we're all just sitting there kind of talking not paying attention and Dane just real quick goes everybody get down so we all just kind of drop down into the pit we're blind. in a pit blind mm-hmm. so you can kind of get down under the reeds and stuff so we drop into the pit blind and we had there's a group of what did it end up being total 11 I think yeah it was a lot 11 mallards that kind of saw our spread circled we're kind of calling a little bit at them they're interested um eventually they all kind of peel off but two come and dump in and hit the water but they kind of hit behind the pit line so we waited a little bit and we're thinking okay they'll we'll give them a second or two to see if that other group circles back well they never did so we're like well we got two ducks in the water right off to my right i'm on the very right side of the pit line i was like sneak out of the pit line and go jump shoot them so that's what we did or i did i crawled out of the pit blind i had this like tuft of grass that was pretty tall that stayed between me and the ducks and worked around the edge of it they saw me came up and was able to dump 
one of them, and then the other one flew off. But so that was the only duck we killed that day. So it did not go the direction of them. No, they <laughs> they went up and then like more away. We were on like an island, yeah. and this mm-hmm. was kind of like off, kind of back right of the island we were facing, you know, forward. So, but that yeah. was the only duck we killed that day. Decided yeah. to call it a day and headed back. Got cleaned up, hung out. I cooked supper that night. It was good. Did a little venison Italian sausage bake dish or whatever. It was delicious. Um, and then we we knew we had weather coming in that night. They were talking rain, storms, all kinds of stuff. We is that a good thing? Yes and no. Um, <laughs> with duck hunting, <laughs> to like, an extent. With duck hunting, like rain and wind is good, but then also it gets to a point where it's like so much that you're just miserable mm. and dangerous potentially. And these guys are all worried about dangerous. Um, well, what would be dangerous? Uh, it was a lightning storm, oh. and we were going to be sitting in a metal pit blind with uh, metal, rods. metal rods. I don't and see the I'm, problem with any of this. <laughs> the lightning the woke, fireman. <laughs> the lightning woke us up because it rattled the house like three or four times. Yeah, that like one night. o'clock, I get woken up by just like boom this would have been the same that, that thursday night thursday night yeah did we get that uh you, you all you got, got it thursday. Like friday morning yeah we got the wind. yeah friday morning mm. we didn't get the storms but mm. we got yeah. that wind yeah so it was like pretty rough and we were waking up at you know three o'clock or whatever and we wake up and we're all like, y'all hear that lightning last night? Like, yeah, it's yeah. like flat pouring outside. Flat it's still porn. thunder and lightning Sheets. and stuff like that. And we're just kind of sitting there talking, like, what do we do? And I mean, Checking I want to, I want to hunt. Like, I hate the idea of us driving all the way down there. This is a quota hunt that we drew. Um, I was like, man, this would be a lot easier of a decision to make if the WMA office is just like, now nah, we're closed today for hunts. Like whatever so we kind of hang around and wait long enough until i feel like somebody's at the office and i call and i'm like hey is the quota hunt is is the hunt still open today or whatever he's like yep we're here right now and i was like cool so i was able to finally talk you two into it oh my gosh they were they were all scared you know how tough Derek is they were all he's scared just... of the lightning and they're like oh it's unsafe and i'm like all right i said it it, it it looks like it might clear up a little bit on the radar they're open even it if was just Derek saying this. Me and Bardo were just like, we don't want to hunt at all. We mm-hmm. weren't. We weren't all trying to make mm-hmm. it happen. Either. That's absolutely. Okay. I wasn't looking at the radar, going, "Oh, it might clear up." It was just Derek. He was just telling yeah. us how tough he was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what happened. And uh, I was like, even if we're miserable, let's just get out there and go sit for a couple hours and just see what happens. I'm like, ducks love the wind. They love the rain. It's going to keep them up. It's going to keep them moving. All kinds of stuff. So finally, they're like, "All right, let's go." Oh. We reluctantly <coughs> got in the truck. Explain. We want to go hunt. Explain that more. So. You're saying ducks enjoy being up while it's really nasty and pouring down rain? No, I think it's just that the nastiness keeps them up in the air. They're up looking. They're flying around looking for spots to find that are dry and stuff like that. Mm. So they're going to hit a body water. It's going to be raining. It's going to be windy. They're not going to like it. They're going to get up, go try to find another one. So just it keeps duck movement going throughout the day. So we go out there. We... There wasn't many people there. A lot of guys probably decided to sleep in that day and just skip going hunting. Because um, it's not only a quota hunt there. Like, they have standby. So, basically, if you live in that area, you can just go there pretty much any morning that they're open for hunts. And if people don't show up for their quota hunts, then the standby hunters can get in. And So, if it's rainy and nasty, that's the day it's like, yeah, we are going. Yeah. Right and um, so, everyone that was at the office <coughs> that morning actually ended up getting a blind. Um, yeah. which most mornings are usually a couple parties that don't. And um, That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, well, so what was also cool, a little like display of just like decent humans uh, from the first day, um, there was one group of standby hunters that got there and there was two guys on quota hunts and those these two groups of guys both only I think had like two or maybe it was a three and <coughs> one or something, I don't know. Anyways, they talked, they decided that these two guys were going to hunt together to open up a spot so that the one group of standby guys oh, could get nice. in and hunt. So yeah, everyone cool. got to hunt the first day too. Um, so yeah, anyways, we get our spot. Um, we got drawn last, last, but still got but, like, the first spot we wanted. Yeah. And um, there, cause there wasn't that many of mm-hmm. uh, the draw guys. Now some of those blinds are covered, right? They Out all there. are. They uh, all are. What do you mean like, by covered? Like waterproof covered? Like well, they've got a roof uh, on them. So we were in pit blinds both days. Yeah, and, and those don't have a roof. No, they, they do. Kind of, they oh, do. do. They? It's just you've kind of got to like tuck back under into mm-hmm. them. You're mm-hmm. like you're low here, and then you jump up, and when you're standing, the bar is kind of like up to your chest. Mm-hmm. Um, so just mm-hmm. like your top half is kind of out of the out of the blind most of the time when you're standing. Um, but yeah, when it was raining. I mean, we, I guess we'll get, get to the back story. as tight as you can. Yeah, we'll get to the rest of the story. But. Well, so we drew our spot and we drive out there and again, it's just still just flat pouring thunder lightning and we're looking at the watch and I'm like, man, even at shooting light, like it's going to be dark still. I was like, let's just sit in the truck and hang out for a while see if this weather tries to light up a little bit. And what I think shooting light was 639 mm-hmm. and I think we ended up staying in the truck until about six. And then eventually it's like, all right, we're not going to, this isn't going to get any better. Let's just go ahead and <laughs> embrace it. So we're like, we're watching, waiting for lightning to strike so that we can see the path into the blind. Like it's lighting up the whole area, <laughs> yeah. like rattling the bones. That's like, that's smart. Yeah. <laughs> so we finally get, you know, everything all loaded up, packed up, get our waders on, everything like that. We're soaking wet. We start wading into the cut corn. Thankfully, the blind was actually really close to the road. Yeah, it easy. was a super easy trek into it. Yeah. So... Um, got set up, um, took the decoys out there and I was thinking like, all right, ducks for real are going to be looking for cover now. So we kind of set all the decoys as much like off into the cut corn as we could and not so much out in the open just to kind of make our spread look a little more realistic. Um, and then, I mean, I can't remember exactly what time it was, but really as soon as you could start seeing somewhat (laughs) decent, I mean, we're just, there's ducks. It was on. They're they're (laughs) everywhere. They are flying. And so we're calling it groups. Every group, I feel like, looked at us. They oh, would yeah. respond to our calls, yeah. and they would circle, but they were yeah. just, they're so gun-shy by the time they get to this part in the flyway that they're so leery of. As in they've been shot at so many times. They're so leery of decoy spreads and <clears throat> stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I'm almost kind of kicking myself for not, when we were later in the day, trying to figure out, like, what we could do to try to make them. I'm kind of mad that i didn't go out there and just pull every single decoy out mm. and just like and see just have an empty. open water and just see if the ducks would come here's out. a haven nobody's mm-hmm. here yet yeah um well, and i actually had that conversation with dane the day before we were talking about like is that a, a good method like is there some validity to my thought process there and dane's like i've seen it done before i know it works it's just very situation dependent i mean that's our sixth time and we've shot after our six, a total of two ducks out in the water, right? Mm, well, not even. I'm not even saying like on the water. I'm just saying to actually let the ducks cup up and commit yeah, and actually yeah. come into shooting range. I we, mean, yeah, we rarely see landing gear. Yeah, they, they, they fly and they circle and they look and they'll they check you out, but they never get within range. Yeah. Um, 
and that's just my thought process is they're so leery of decoy spreads by the time they get to Kentucky because they've been shot at since Canada all the way to here. <laughs> Poor guys. Yeah. What a life. Yeah. Just trying to get warm. I'm just getting absolutely it's like popped. A, it's just like a gauntlet for a couple months it's out a of the year. It's a gauntlet. It's a gauntlet. Like, we got to run Only the, the tough ducks. Yeah. <laughs> the Daniel Boone ducks from the yeah. Simon Kennedy. The rest of the year, ducks. everything's great for them. But just for a couple months, they're just like, well, let's fly all the way down to Mexico and get shot at the whole time. Poor guys. Um, but get margaritas. Yeah. That's true. Maybe that's what they're hard fought marks. <laughs> they're at. Just down there smoking their cigars and eating <laughs> marks, like all sh- shaking and <laughs> talking so about war grizzled, stories. Grizzled yeah, ducks down in Mexico. But I don't know. Years. Probably about a half hour after we actually were hunting, we had a group of ducks fly pretty low right over us, and they're on top. And we all jumped up, and you know, I called the shot. I was like, let's take them. We jumped up. Me and Braden both kind of fired at the same time. Um, and one of the ducks falls down right behind us in the blind and i'm like that that's your duck Braden. like you shot it that fell thing. in the blind no right behind like 20 feet oh, yeah no. i was like go get that duck and Braden's like super excited and like first I, duck i know he's duck. super excited and i'm really happy for him but like we've had this conversation before about ducks like man like you got to get after them when they're down because yeah. like they they can get away yeah um especially if they're not injured so Braden's like so hold up and you're talking about getting after them People in the blind are still shooting at the ducks, or are they like blown out at this point? They're, it, they're at this point, gone. they're pretty much gone. Okay. And, and I'm again, it's like, like Vietnam. Yeah, <laughs> it's all situation dependent. But in this, I mean, we we're getting just pelted by rain. There was one group of low flying ducks. The duck that he shot is behind us. I'm like, go get that duck. But and Braden's like. It's my first duck. It's my first duck. He's like high fiving everybody, and I'm like, "That's awesome, Brady. Go get the duck." We'll snipe Sally. Yeah, because I'm like, I there's nothing I would hate more than you celebrate this, and then you get out there, and the duck's gone because we've been in here high five, high five, and the whole time. But so he gets out and he goes back there. Peter Patter boy. Yeah, I can hear him, and he's like. It's still alive. <laughs> yeah. Well, he did. He's like, it's, it's it's still alive. And I was like, okay, like, shoot it again. He's like, well, I don't, don't want it. It's No, I said, do I shoot it? And you were like, well, is it trying to fly? And I'm like, no. It's just, like, kind of twitching. Yeah. I'm like, if it's really close and it's not trying to fly away, like, just go grab him. And, like, you know, ring its neck or something. Yeah. Or like, I was I, like, what? I have, a, I have a finisher, which is I nice. I don't like being this close to the death. <laughs> yeah. I have a finisher, which is also nice. I ended up using it later in the day yeah. on, on the green wing teal. That, that thing shot. did not want to die, dude. My experience with green wing teal is they are the toughest ducks in the world. They're tiny little, tiny little, little ducks, but pilots. they do not want to die. I have a mm-hmm. whole other story I could tell another day about hunting down in Texas and green wing teal, but um, but yeah, so, I didn't know if this little dude was gonna try to like nap at me or something. Whenever I'm <laughs> it's like all, afraid it's down there it. like, like poised, ready to strike, and so I like walk up to it like crocodile hunter and grab that sucker by the neck. <laughs> he didn't move at all. It was just like. Just like okay, just, please help. And I picked it up, and I could feel it breathing in my hands. And I was just like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> freaking wringing this thing's neck, dude. <laughs> but uh, but I hear him, and he's like, he's like, it's not a mallard. And I was like, all right, we'll bring it back into the pit, and we'll figure it out. So he comes around the pit and drops it in there, and like. I'll I'll admit, like, I'm definitely not the best in the world at duck ID, but I'm decent at it. And, and it, colorblind. And I'm colorblind, which doesn't help. So he comes in there, and he's showing it to us, and I'm like, I don't know 100% what this is. I was like, I'm pretty sure it's a diver. I can tell that. And with my colorblindness, it's, like, got, like, a patch on its wing that's, like, kind of greenish. At least that's what it looked like to me. 
And when I first saw that, when you first brought it in, I was like, green wing teal. And I was like, oh, wait, no, it's not. I was like, this is definitely not a green wing teal. I just yeah, saw the green, though. skinny beak. Yeah, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, it's a diver. And I'm like, okay, I was like, this is a merganser. I was like, I don't know what kind of merganser, but it's a merganser. And it was hard to tell because it's, you know, it's a soaking wet duck, so it just doesn't look normal to start with. Um, but then, so we concluded that it was a juvenile hooded merganser, which was what throwing me off because it was like trying to have like the hooded aspect of it, but it wasn't in full plumage yet being a juvenile. And then it's just soaking wet. So it looks like a wet puppy or whatever. And the blood had covered the white on its head. Yeah. So it just looked like it had a red mohawk. And yeah. You're just like, what the heck is this? You shot a woodpecker. Yeah. yeah. That's the, illegal. The, <laughs> the joke on Derek, the first day he shot uh a drake mallard like green head oh, yeah. he comes around the corner and i was like oh dude your first redhead <laughs> <laughs> and he like looked at it and was like <laughs> i was like nah, dude, it's not. <laughs> uh, dude, just that picking was off the color brilliant. black <laughs> absolutely brilliant yeah. but uh so yeah it was a merganser hooded merganser juvenile hooded merganser that brady he shot keeps, he has said juvenile he's yeah shoot kids he's hitting that hard yeah Dude, mm-hmm. let him. Just the way I think about it, it's just a smaller duck, you know, smaller target. I got a better, yeah, pew. better aim. Yeah. Although it's a duck blonde, so you don't really know who shot it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it very easily could have been Derek that shot. Well, him. no. So Braden later though shot a mallard, and there was no denying that that was Braden. The Close. two, the yeah. other two I shot were definitely my. Yeah. Shots. So you shot later. We had some mallards working that they actually cupped up and got within range, and you know, jumped up, and Braden dumped that one. Um, that was that was Bardo. Sweet. Bardo shot a duck that we're pretty certain probably went down, but we were not able to retrieve it because Ballard's got some pretty strict rules about like not entering refuge, and mm. that this he was you know we could watch him slowly going down as after we shot, and he just went down way off into the woods down. Like, there's another hunt unit behind ours, and it looked like this duck went completely over that hunt unit and right either to the river or to the refuge that was right there. Yeah. So, in ba- Bardo did make a pretty conscious effort towards the end of the hunt. He got up and yeah. walked as far as he could to go try to see if he could retrieve this duck and yeah. couldn't. That um, was the biggest testament to the bismuth rounds mm-hmm. of, like, in my, I know you saw in North Dakota, but, like, for me, seeing that. Bardo, he said he's notorious for like taking his time to get perfect shots, and on this duck in particular, I mean it was it was out there, and uh, he poked it, and it like looked like he took the shot. It like flapped a few more times, then got hit. Like it was a long shot, um, and then it went down. But yeah, that those business rounds, and then I took the one kind of across the way on the one that was on the water. Yeah, so that was another testament to teal being strong, yeah, tough yeah. ducks or whatever, is we had yeah. a teal dump in, which this teal did the craziest thing. I've never seen a teal or a duck in general do this, but this thing was in the stratosphere, and we gave it, like, one quick quack sequence. It saw us, cupped up way up in the atmosphere, and then he, like – inverted himself to where he was completely upside down but still staying like cupped up and just dive straight down and then like right before he hit the water like fanned out real quick and just sat down is the craziest thing i've ever seen and then it was just like sitting there on the water it was like if you can see it shoot it i was like well i know where it is on the water but it's behind reeds he's like well if you know where it is just put the beat on it take a shot so i take a shot and it just like kicks him up and it jumps up and tries to fly away and then i shot it and so i mean it's a a distance away, and mm-hmm. that that business round did its did its work, right? and it, it got it, her done. It, got her done. It, it fell. I like to thank the boss. Threw <laughs> <laughs> my boss hat on. I killed another green wing teal, also. Um, but I mean, just ducks flying all day. 
in that rain. And then we finally got a break in the weather, and and the sun came out for a minute, and we had a rainbow out there, which they were talking about, all the colors they could see in the rainbow. (laughs) Derek's like, like, just a blue line. I (laughs) I see two colors. I see quiet. I see blue and yellow. Um, So quickly went out and moved our decoys, because now I'm thinking, like, sun's out. The birds are going to dry out, so let's move all our decoys out to the open now. So I'm out there moving decoys around. And then we had a few more groups fly and look and stuff, but same story that we were having all day. Just every group would circle and look, but nothing wanted to commit or get in range. Um, and I, I really don't think it was anything wrong we were doing. I don't think there was anything with the spread that they like really just didn't like because they would circle and circle and circle and circle. They would just never commit, whereas usually if they see something they don't like, they'll just they'll leave. Yeah, it was a miserable weather day, but none of us, like his post on Go Wild was kind of perfect. Like none of us noticed. We didn't even talk about like the How weather bad the weather. There was so much action. It was just constant. Yeah. We're like, high right, ducks left, cupping left. Like Braden got to a point. Braden likes to like call out how many ducks he yeah, sees, which I'll do like, like if it's real slow or <laughs> whatever. If it's real slow, I'll be like, you know, we got two ducks to the right or whatever. And it got to a point where it's just like ducks up top, ducks to the left. Ducks Brain's coming to me. Like 26 this, ducks yeah. high. Braden's like doing air traffic control. <laughs> You're clear to approach. Seven ducks on runway 243. Well, I can't call, so I got to do something. Yeah. You know, I got that call. nervous. Oh, like I, don't, I, I don't know calls. how to call. So yeah. they're, those two are calling. I'm over there like, seven ducks left low. <laughs> 14 ducks high right. <laughs> and I'm just excited. Mostly. So are you a duck guy now? I I really really enjoyed it. I mean, it's not like I was gonna you know not do this next year or anything. Um, and I would like to you know eventually go out and do like a full like North Dakota or Arkansas or Texas or whatever experience. But I mean, even if we had the standard Ballard Day on Friday, like I still would have gone. It's just fun. Like the element of duck hunting that I love is like you're just hanging out. Like you're sitting there, you're talking, you know, you're messing around. It's fun you get to shoot your guns like that type of stuff it's um even though we haven't had a ton of success that last day or whatever was our most successful but it was the best i I said it even while we were hunting i was like this is probably the best day of duck hunting i've ever had in kentucky so did you guys talk to any of the other blinds at the end of that hunt were they seeing as much action were you Uh hearing were you hearing a bunch of we were hearing some more shooting going on around us with with there being such a fewer number of hunters out there that day and then you add the weather the wind thunder heavy rain like it's just hard to tell what was going on and but we there was at least one or two other parties that were within hearing distance of us that we could hear them shooting. And then yeah. we think there were some guys out on the river, too, because we kept hearing some shots coming from that mm-hmm. direction. Um, is that public open to anybody? or Yeah, you can hunt the river. Huh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Navigable waters. <clears throat> Think about that, I guess, so, right, is that a lot of the ones over the river are, like, traveling. Like, they're most – a lot of them seem yes to be and really no. high. I mean, there's spots on the river where ducks will try to put down at, okay. and those are typically the spots that these guys are hunting. Yeah. Um. I mean, I've never duck goose – I've never waterfowl hunted the Ohio, which is what they were on. I've yeah. hunted the Kentucky River, and that's where I spend a lot of my time is in and around the Kentucky River just because – well, I was going to say it's closer, but it's really not. But you can't really hunt here in Louisville with the Ohio being right there. But I would love to get a deer early next year and then do some waterfowl. Oh, yeah. I mean, so here the first split opens usually right around Thanksgiving, and I had full intentions of hunting that first split this year. And I just ended up not doing it because it was so warm that we there was nothing here. Um, 
I could have maybe got on some wood ducks in some spots, but mine's more about my time management mm-hmm. and just taking time from the family. So mm-hmm. if I can get a deer quickly, free myself up. It's a lot I love of fun, it. man. I love it's it. I mean, it's my fun. it's my favorite. Honestly, like talking to my kids or really my oldest son. Mm-hmm. He wants to go squirrel hunting because if we can walk around, we can talk. He yep. doesn't want to sit there quietly. He did say the other day, I don't know if I told you all, I texted Paul about it. Uh, he said, I think I want to go turkey hunting with you. <laughs> and I'm Paul immediately like, all. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, yeah, why? Like, What What made yeah. you say that? He's like, you know, I just wanted to check it out and see, talk about how the birds talk and stuff. I'm like, yes, yeah, absolutely. Heck I don't yeah, care if we man. blow every tom out of there. <laughs> Let's go. Um but yeah, but I think duck hunting minus every possible worst weather scenario uh, would be good for the kids too because you can tuck them back in the blind, they can fidget, talk, yeah, I do mean, whatever. You can definitely get them out for that early wood duck season we have here. The yeah. weather's still pretty warm then, so you're not worried about them freezing. And it's just a quick hunt, honestly, with wood ducks. I mean, your hunt's pretty much over in the first half hour with wood ducks. Um, yeah, I haven't since I didn't hunt out there this year. I don't know what they did, but mm-hmm. I need to. We need to hunt that one farm. Yeah, or it's not really a farm. Yeah, uh, a but pond at a house. We got that cold snap going on here right now, so I'm kind of shifting gears. I'm still wanting to hunt waterfowl, obviously, um, but with everything kind of locking up now, you're moving from water to dry field sets and stuff like that. So I got permission actually while we were down there at Ballard. I was texting with a guy who manages a property that I hunt at now, um, not for hunting. He just is kind of the guy that is in control of this property as a whole, but he's not the landowner, but he's got the the authority to get permission and stuff like that for hunting permission. Um, I was able to talk him, talk to him and he gave me permission to hunt a big dry corn cut cornfield that they have out there. Um, so just for waterfowl. Yeah. I mean, geese duck, anything like that. Um, probably will just be a goose hunt with a, very small chance at maybe some passing ducks, but I'll definitely be targeting geese out there. It's the same spot I was hunting Wednesday when I killed those geese. Just I was hunting a pond that I've had permission on, but he gave me permission to hunt the cornfield that's next to that pond now. Um, So, yeah, that's just what I'll be doing since everything's locking up here now. But it might warm up enough to where the ponds and stuff open back up before our season ends. Because the other fun thing I'm doing is I'm I got selected for that duck DNA thing that UT oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. El Paso is doing. Um, so they want tongue samples from mallards to see how much farm raised mallard genes are getting into the wild mallard genes. Um, and I really want to. They send you six sample kits or whatever, and I really would love to you know send them six, um, but haven't been able to send six in yet. So I I we really want. Two. Two. Um, so I really want to get after, or at least have a chance to get after a few more mallards before our season's over, just to be able to contribute to that some too. But So with this cold weather that we have right now, would you ideally like to be hunting all the time? Or what? Yeah, I mean, it's gotten cold enough to where it's probably pushed a lot of birds out of this area. The few birds that we even get in this part of the state have probably been pushed out um, as far as migrators are concerned. Now we still have resident birds. The other thing too is if you can find open water with how cold it is right now, that can be killer because they're all going to start congregating to those open water spots for loafing and stuff, midday loaf. Um, But with this cut cornfield, it's basically I'm hunting a feed at that point. 
because I still need to feed at least twice a day. Um, mm. When it gets really cold, sometimes I'll just sit on the feed all day, which I, could be good. I wish there was an easy way out at my mother-in-law's pond because they're always there's always something out there. The where the wood ducks are, where you're talking no, about. No, the other like the oh. actual fishing pond. There's okay pretty regularly stuff out there. Yeah, uh, I don't. There's just not a good angle to shoot without. Yeah. Well, I bet you with <clears throat> how close you are to Floyd's Fork there like i mean i bet you floyd's fork is staying relatively open so i wouldn't be surprised if floyd's fork and filling up with ducks right now hmm. but you can't hunt no no okay. but i'm just saying his, oh, his, his spot yeah, there is relatively close through. to it so you can yeah. catch into the traffic hmm. interesting something to think about good trip but i want to hear a little bit about ata before we jump off here yeah running low on time yeah man ata was good um got to see a bunch of our bunch of buddies bunch of you know, industry friends, uh, on the new product side of things. I think the most interesting thing probably to both of us, I'll speak for you, but the, the sticks from trophy line made out of magnite, extremely light. And the way, I don't know how to describe it. You just need to go find a picture. Have you ever of these seen things. those YouTube videos where they like cut metal? They'll cut like a shape in a block and then they slide it in. And when it slides in it, you can't even tell where it was cut. Yeah. That's almost like what it is with these sticks when you stack them together. Huh. It's like they, zero tolerance. So zero tolerance machined. Like step to step is how they go together. Like mm. straight parallel to each other. Like the go teeth together. that go on the tree lock into each other. Huh. Um, so they stack up super tight, almost no rattle, uh, super condensed, super small. I mean, they're awesome, and I, but I think the MSRP on them is like a, just over $400 for so a set of four. Probably compare them a little bit to the Latitude ones. Yeah, I mean, the um, they're just metal alloy versus a carbon fiber yeah. Uh, yeah. material. But like what Dan's saying, they fit together so tight. I held them, the bottom stick of the stack of four, and shook it, uh-huh. and there's barely... Really? barely any any metal sound so does at it all. click in like how do they yeah. stay they're just like like if you flip that upside down would they, they all just fall yes. off so you would have to tether have it to, to have some a, degree yeah, yeah you'd have to have a some sort of tension yeah. strap around them yeah. uh but putting those together with their platform i think it's like what, six pounds or something total set up wow. or it's yeah, the, like the, super light the platform can lock into it as well wow. or will be able to i think we saw a sample but they were explaining to us how it will so the way my current sticks go together, and I don't know what you guys use, but you've got they're staggered. Yeah. So they're four sticks there, and so it makes it longer because of the teeth. But yeah. So that makes you know what a uh, twenty-one inch stick. You've now got twenty-five, twenty-six inches. But with these, it's literally all four of them stacked tight on top of each other at that same length, and so it's just very wow. compact. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's a. Heck of an improvement on the Hawk Heliums. I've been I use those three step ones. Those are giant and they're yeah, staggered. Those are longer. They're that's literally like from the back of my head down past my butt. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that I mean that was cool. I think uh, you Shop. figured out what bow you think you're going to get mm-hmm. into. Bank of Amanda approved the purchase. Yeah, I think and that's the bigger news. Yeah. 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 Strangely, like yesterday, I was cleaning all the toilets in the house, made nice dinner. Like I'm like, oh, I think this is because you approved the purchase on. Saturday, so I'm getting a bow. <laughs> uh, you know, we won at uh, Mystery Ranch a little um, giveaway. They were giving away their treehouse pack and some arrows and broadheads and some other stuff. 
so that kind of took some of the initial expense of stuff to buy with a, a new bow purchase off the plate and then you know we get as a dealer we get a sweet dealer deal on the the bear bows so uh so it's all coming together so i'll be able to get a lot of practice in before this fall season and be able to go out with you guys early tell, tell everybody what you settled on Legend. Legend? Legend. Legend. XR. XR yeah. Ready mm-hmm. to hunt. Yeah. Although I'll probably be swapping out some of the ready to hunt stuff with customer returns. As I've talked about before, <laughs> if you return stuff to go wild, there's a good chance one of us will buy it because, you know. We're degenerate. We're degenerate. So <laughs> we're like, junkies. oh, this package is a little bit ripped, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we might as well buy it. <laughs> um, but no, it's good. Saw Tyler Curtin. Yeah. Uh, go wild super user um ran into the o2 podcast guys i think i'm they asked me if i do a recap podcast of ata so nice probably be on that podcast and then uh we're gearing up for shot private next week private tick dick was there <laughs> oh yeah clean <laughs> get all glenn yeah yeah so got to see a bunch of the boys which was fun love it that really was it we didn't really do much new business no, I, I mean that's there was a, a few things where we you know kind of talked to some people here and there that was new stuff, but a lot of it was just catching up with current current brands that we partner with, figuring out new stuff that's coming down the pipeline. Um, yeah, I mean some we've new got tethered a, stuff coming in coming in soon. We've got a backlog of of brands that are trying to get on the Go Wild platform and selling in our shop, and you know some of them, especially the bigger brands, it's very. Um, tech heavy so it takes a little bit of time to to get them in the store like like mystery ranch is a good example of someone that will be in the, sh- the store shortly uh so we have a, a, a full docket of people to bring in so there wasn't really and plus there really wasn't any brands there that that we want that we don't have yeah now there are some brands that might be at shot that we might talk to is uh tethered have anything new they were rolling out a uh, a brick and mortar specific brand. It's like a price point focus. So if you want to get into saddle hunting, they are bringing the kit and the caboodle to it's local a, shops. Where it's called Grit. Like they've actually a different brand. They've made a sub brand. So it's Grit by Tethered. Hmm. Ah. And so um, you know it's it's just cheaper lower end componentry to get it cheaper to get somebody into it. Huh. And they will. It's brick and mortar only. And uh-huh. because, you know, Tether, just like any other direct-to-consumer company, will do Black Friday sales and yeah. whatnot. And brick-and-mortar stores were getting upset that they couldn't compete with. Yeah. So Tether decided to do a brick-and-mortar offshoot called Grit. Because uh, yep. they realized that people in brick-and-mortar are probably first-time Yeah, want to go people. put their hands on it. The boxes it. are very much like you buy the saddle and on the back of the box, it's like you also need a platform and sticks and yeah. whatever. So, nice. um, And it was nice packaging and yeah, stuff. Looked, I think it'll... looked like good stuff, too. It'll probably do well. I mean, saying something's lower price can sometimes imply that it's cheap, but the thing about saddle hunting gear is it, it can't be trash no. because it's a liability. Yeah. You know, something else is interesting, um, like industry insight stuff. There's a group within the saddle hunting industry that is formalizing the 
I don't know what safety you regulations, like yeah, the safety specification standards. and the testing that has to be done on the saddles and yeah, the platforms yeah. and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And so there will be some things coming in the near future where that stuff is being standardized by, uh, you know, a group of the representatives from the brands in the industry. Yeah. Um, but Not yeah, it's, there's, there were some new brands there that I'd never heard of saddle companies. Oh so, really? Yeah. There's, nice. There's a lot more competition out there. There's a lot of competition. Yeah. And there's a lot of, for everyone trying to do a cheap version of a saddle, there's also someone doing a super premium. I think Trophy Line doing those steps. I think that they are the new premium step, you know, um, as far as the the big players. Uh, uh, so, yeah, it's one of those things where you can spend a lot of money or spend not so much money. Yeah. Yeah. And you're seeing a lot more accessories too. Tethered has got some, you know, like smaller accessories. Nice to have things. Latitude's coming out with some packs of their own. Mm-hmm. Some of those kind of, they're iterating on things that already exist, but just putting their taste on it. Mm-hmm. It's cool stuff. It's well, fun. Good deal. Good to see everybody. Yeah. Well, thanks for you all tuning in, listening to this episode, hearing about them ducks. Uh, we, I'm going to make sure you are logging the episodes for this podcast to help our, uh, help the show. Let us know what you think about it. Log time and go wild, get points for logging your time and go wild. And then there's some obviously swag reward stuff. We just had one pop for some bags and stuff. We're giving deals on. I think we're going to do another bag, uh, deal and launch that here either this week or next week. Sweet. And on the, the dirt bag, mm. I think it's the next, next one we're going to, the next uncensored will probably be shooting from shot yeah i was was gonna say reminder if you're not following no low ballers podcast make sure you do that what's the podcast that we record with our friends at gunbroker.com we will be in their booth at shot show recording all week these are not live shows but we'll be recording them on site there and then dropping them pretty soon first week of february right yeah, we're gonna. I mean, very soon. Yeah, yeah. we're talking possibly even before that. So, so uncensored will be there recording, probably foggy, and then uh, we'll do some foggy. Yeah, like fog headed. Oh, <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> One, the time change always jacks me up because we're staying up late there, and it's really late at home. That'll be Monday too, probably. Yeah. That we'll shoot it. So. Oh yeah, when we first get there and get set up. I wonder if we can. Yeah, well, we'll figure it out. Yeah, it'll be fun. So, tune in next week. See y'all. Bye. See you.